All right, this evening we invite you once again to the book of Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to take time once again to read uh, that of the first nine verses, uh, which is uh, the section that we know as the servant song. The servant song. Beginning with verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isle shall wait for his law. Thus saith God the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein, I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The Lord add His blessing to the reading of these verses once again uh, tonight. Our focus once again tonight will be on uh, verse number 1, and in particular, uh, that of the first statement there uh, 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 in our text. Now, this morning we asked some questions uh, with regards to, to, to that of our text. Uh, we asked about the context. We asked about the speaker the audience, uh, and uh, we asked the question, who is uh, the servant? And I believe that we did answer uh, uh, all of those questions. We're not going to take time to go back and uh, rehash uh, those questions and the answers, uh, but rather we're going to go on forward uh, and uh, see what the Lord uh, has for us yet uh, uh, even uh, in addition to that of what we've already uh, uh, come uh, to know about our text. There is a couple of things that we want to just uh, make mention of uh, before we uh, go there, and it's in light of uh, that of uh, our message this morning. The Holy Scriptures have been given to us, and the manner in which they have been given to us is through that of special revelation uh, and by that of progressive revelation. As you begin in the book of Genesis, the Lord begins to set before us uh, various uh, truths and as you go forward in Scripture, you find that 
he revealed more and more and more. And as we consider the prophets, we have we have that of much information given to us by this time. And yet there's, as we saw this morning, there was still things yet to be known. As we went to the New Testament to see that of the light that uh, it gave upon that of our text uh, this morning. We are blessed uh, as God's people. The time in which we live, uh, that we live this side of the cross, that we have not only the Old Testament canon, but we also have the New Testament canon. We have uh, what God uh, has had for us to have that of all of His Scriptures. All of the Scriptures here. And we're blessed in that we can look back in the Old Testament covenant and uh, there may be some things that are uh, dim there, but when we come to the New Testament, the New Testament sheds light uh, upon it. So we are, we are indeed uh, blessed. Uh, and so that was, that was one thought that I wanted uh, to share uh, with you tonight. The second thought that I wanted to share with you is, is the study of the Holy Scriptures. The study of the Holy Scriptures require us to ask questions. That is, if we are going to find fruit from that of the Scriptures, we must ask questions like we did this morning ask questions uh, with regards to that of our uh, text. It's only as we ask those questions and we then, having asked those questions, we search the Scriptures uh, like the Bereans uh, did. Uh, we're told in the book of Acts uh, that uh, we are blessed. So we trust and hope that our study this morning was uh, that of a blessing uh, unto you and again tonight we want to ask uh, or we want to look at that of our text uh, in light of that of the questions uh, that we did ask uh, uh, this morning our text begins with behold behold my servant whom I uphold now the first thing that we want to draw your attention to is that word behold we made mention of it at the very end uh, of our study uh, this morning, but we didn't uh, spend any uh, time uh, with regards uh, to the actual word itself. The word is uh, that of an interjection. It's an explanation word that can and does stand alone. It functions uh, uh, as a, an attention getter, you might say. Behold! Or another translation of the actual Hebrew word would be look or lo, lo. 
or here? Here. Here is my servant. In our translation, it's translated, Behold my servant. Look. That's the ideal uh, that is set before us. Now, we would say to you that this behold that is before us, that it is not just any behold. It's not just any behold. It's not just any behold because of the one who speaks it. In verse 5 of our passage, it says, Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee. And so here in verse 5, we have the one who is the speaker, which is, of course, as we've already noted and stated, is the Lord. It's just that here we have a further description of the Lord set before us. He's the Creator. The Creator of the heavens, the earth, uh, that of man uh, upon the face of the earth. And then down in verses 8 and 9, He says, I am the Lord. That is My name. And My glory will I not give to another. Neither My praise to graven image. Behold, the former things are come to pass. And men, new things do I declare before they spring forth. I tell you of them. I am the Lord. I am Jehovah. Now, uh, as you remember over in the book of Exodus, uh, the Lord appeared unto Moses uh, and told Moses he was to go uh, to that of the Jewish people. Uh, And Moses asked him, well, who shall I tell them is sending me? Or who who should I tell them that has sent me? And he told them, tell them I am sent you. I am. The name Jehovah, it declares to us that of the very fact that the Lord, He is eternal. He is eternal. He always has been. This is the one who is speaking here in that of our text. I am the Lord. That is my name and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. As we think of the Lord, His glory, His greatness, the heavens declare the glory of God, we're told by the psalmist. The heavens declare the glory, the greatness of God. When you look up into the heavens, indeed, you do see the glory of God or the greatness of God. He says in verse 9, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows the beginning and the end. 
There's nothing that He does not know. For He's the Creator of it all. He's the planner of it all. So, this is the one who is speaking in our text. And this is the one who says, Behold my servant. That ought to get our attention, indeed. Our attention ought to be grabbed by that of what is, or who is speaking here, and the message that is declared here. Behold my servant. The word behold speaks of that of looking, that of taking in. Taking in that of the information that is before us. Taking in in the case that is before us, that of the one who is labeled here as my servant. My servant. Look to behold and in so doing gain knowledge. Look to behold and in so doing believe. Look to behold and wonder Wonder indeed at the one who is speaking and not only at the one who is speaking, but the one that he draws our attention unto. Behold my servant. The next phrase that we would focus in on is that of the phrase my servant. We've already defined who this servant is as far as who the actual person is. It's none other than that of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, we have that made known very clearly uh, unto us. But I would draw your attention to that little word uh, that is by the word servant. My servant. He is not just any servant. He is Jehovah's servant. He is my servant, the Lord says. He is a distinguished servant. He is the Lord's servant. Now, what does that imply? What does that imply as we look at our text and the Lord here, Jehovah God is speaking and as He does, He calls our attention and He calls us to focus our attention upon the one whom he describes as my, my servant. We're focusing in on that of the word servant for just a moment. The ideal of a servant. What does it imply? I would say to you that it implies that of subordination to another. Subordination to another. The idea of submission to the will of another. Now, as we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know the Scriptures set before us 
that of the fact that he is the incarnate Son of God. John, in that very first part of John chapter 1, makes it very clear to us that in the beginning was the Word. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Speaking of the incarnation there. God manifested in the flesh. We're told that His name would be Emmanuel. God with us. Paul, he speaks of the mystery of godliness over in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And as he speaks of the mystery of godliness, he says, God manifested in the flesh. And indeed, beloved, it is a mystery when we behold the Lord Jesus Christ, whom is spoken of here in our text as my servant. Indeed, it is a mystery as we behold Him as the God-man. God manifested in the flesh. The one born of the Virgin Mary. The one who leaned, laid upon that of her breast. The one in whom the Scriptures tells us that He grew in grace and knowledge. God. 100% God. 100% man. In His humanity, He had to learn things just like we did. Over in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, We have Paul who writes to the saints at Philippi. And as he does, he gives us a wonderful commentary. Beginning with verse number 5, writing to the Philippians, he tells them, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul was telling the Philippians that they were to have the mind of Christ. And then he begins to give us a commentary on Christ Jesus. Beginning with verse 6. Who, that is, Christ Jesus being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant 
I was made in the likeness of men. Note verse 7 in particular, and the reason why I draw your attention to here, to verse 7, is, is that of the word servant there. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God the Son, prior to his incarnation, he was with the Father. He's the one spoken of by John there in John 1 who created the world. Was in the beginning. We have in the Godhead the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three and one. The Son came to earth. He left all the glory that He had with the Father and He came to earth. I was born of a virgin. This is what Paul here is speaking of here. Who being in the form of God thought it not a robber to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above Every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Being found in the fashion of man, of men, of man, he humbled himself and became obedient. Obedient unto death, even the death of the Son. The Lord Jesus was sent by the Father. He tells us that in the Gospel of John. Sent with a purpose, with a work to do. And part of that, part of that plan, that, that work was of course that of the work that we know of as the work of the cross. He kept the law perfectly, obeyed it. The perfect, the perfect servant. 
perfect servant, the perfect son, He was obedient. Obedient to that of the Father's will. Even to the death of the cross. We are reminded of those words there in Gethsemane as Jesus prayed unto the Father, Father, let this cup pass, but nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. It was the will of the Father that Jesus come and that He give His life. That He drink the cup of sufferings that was given unto Him. All of it. Behold my servant. Behold as he's born of the Virgin Mary. Busy about his father's business. Doing the will of his father. Doing always those, those things that please him. Submitting to the father's will to drink the cup. John the Baptist. He called attention to him, didn't he? Behold, only the phrase that he used was the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Here we have, Behold my servant. John said in his day, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. As we come back to that of our text, behold my servant whom I uphold. Whom I uphold. Again, we would draw your attention to who is speaking because that's the I here. Whom I, that is Jehovah God, whom I uphold, behold my servant, whom I uphold. The word uphold speaks of support. It speaks of that of aid. It speaks of that of help. We know from the New Testament as we read about our Lord Jesus that He had that of various periods of great trial. His whole life was a trial, tribulation. But His Father upheld Him his Father supported Him. As we think of the temptation in Matthew uh, chapter 4 and the other Gospels accounts, we know that 
He was sent out in the wilderness and was tempted. Satan came to him. Uh, and what is said before us is that of three times he, he came, came to him. And in all of those times, he was upheld. He was supported. We see him as he answers that of the serpent. How does he answer him? He answers him with that of the Word of God. And of course, all that he went through, it was, we're told in the book of Hebrews, was for that of a purpose. All that he went through in that of his life. In the Gospel accounts, we, as we read, read them, we see him rise up early in the morning. And what do we see Him doing? We see Him going and kneeling and praying. Praying to the Father. By means of the very Word of God, by means of that of His time with God in prayer, he was he was given strength. You say, well, Brother Steve, this is this is the Son of God. Yes. And this is somewhat of the mystery, you know, we might say, Son of God, God manifested in the flesh. Yeah, he was tested. Tested in all points. Without sin, the book of Hebrews tells us. Over in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, I believe it is. In Hebrews chapter 5, and in verse number 7, it says, Who in the days of his flesh, this is of course speaking of Christ, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared though he was a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect he became the altar of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him called of God and high priest after the order of Mel 
Melchizedek. Yes, the Father did assist him. All throughout that of his life. In the picture that is set before us, we have the servant of Jehovah. He is the perfect servant. And beloved, as the perfect servant, he is indeed that of an example for us. Behold my servant. Let us behold him. Let us never stop beholding him. Beholding him in all of his glory. Alright, we'll stop there tonight. Let us stand and we'll sing one stanza of Amazing Grace like we did this morning.
have a greater appreciation for Thee, uh, for Thy dear Son, for the work of Thy Holy Spirit. Um, may uh, Your work of grace be wrought uh, mightily in each of us on a daily basis. Lord, help us to grow in grace and in knowledge, to be more like Thy dear Son, to have His life uh, manifested in our mortal flesh. Father, we do pray for uh, Carl, or may he continue to uh, to heal and to become stronger. Uh, Lord, uh, we pray for Judy, for her health, uh, Lord, for her salvation, and then Lord, for uh, for Jack, for uh, his health issue. Lord, may you um, provide uh, help and grace in all of this and the Lord for Stella Lord you give her healing and uh, uh, patience uh, as she bears um, the aggravation of uh, her current circumstance uh, Lord you give her much grace and then Father we think of Hannah Lord may you touch her body and give her healing deliver her and her family from this virus uh, Father we do pray your blessing upon each of our family members. We lift them up to thee. Uh, may you provide for all their needs, and Lord, may you truly be their God, their covenant God. May they uh, find their all in all in Christ Jesus. Do bless the gospel. May it go to the ends of the earth. Help us to be salt and uh, light here in this passing uh, <coughs> And Father, we uh, do pray that you would bless our country, uh, bless our leaders, Lord, give them uh, wisdom, help them to rule justly and wisely, uh, Lord, may uh, our constitutional uh, freedoms uh, be protected and extended. May we continue to know quiet and peaceable lives that please the state. Father, do uh, bless us now as your people. Forgive us for our sin. Uh, Lord, may we uh, know your fellowship uh, throughout this coming week. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.